cheese, and we get really high. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Weed of Time podcast, where we smoke out of a bong, sometimes we sing songs, and Elspeth did no wrong! I'm the Shame of Tarvalon, and I am here with my husband slash co-host, Dengist Khan, and we are here to talk to you about Warrior of the Altai. Spoiler alert, Elspeth is a character in that. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, spoilers abound, but only if you care. If you're not going to read the book, strap in. Or on, like, if you're into that, you know? I can't believe I okayed that entire speech. <laughs> yep, you did. I gave it to you in parts so you wouldn't be as suspicious. That's true. It was easier to manage in chunks. Jesus. <laughs> so dang, what did we smoke? Oh, fuck. Uh, it's right over here on the table, actually. It's Houndstooth by Tweed. I wrote it down. Yes, Tweed. My my least favorite, favorite weed. <laughs> Brand. Brand. This is Houndstooth. It's a sativa at 22.6%. And it's pretty fucking lit. Like, How much have we smoked of it? You told me to ask you only during the episode. Oh, yes. We have smoked at least seven bowls. I counted in my memory. I just needed a while to process the question. Allegedly. What are snacks? So we got Deng's favorite liquid in the entire world. It's iced tea, specifically Good Host powdered iced tea. Mm-hmm. It's the fucking shit. Yeah. I've got four Oreos that I will devour throughout the course of this episode. And we've got a bag of great value salt and vinegar chips in the middle of the table. And we're just going to chow down as we tear this book to shreds. Yeah, so the book. The book. Also, to set the scene, cat. Stop scratching chairs. Oh. Especially when it's no spoons in Mr. Buzzfeed's chair. Uh-oh. Um, We're here to talk about oh, Warrior of no, the no, Altai. No, no, no. You wanted to talk about how late it is. Oh, yeah. There's actually a super special episode that I'm super glad you're all listening to. Because it's the late edition. Usually. I'm usually in bed by now. Yeah. Usually we record on Saturdays at like 5 p.m. Around yeah. dinner time. But Pretty today, blessing. well, we've got plans this weekend. So, like, this is Friday mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. <laughs> I've already worked a full shift. We made a big elaborate dinner. Well, shame did. Yeah. I mostly just emailed people. You did. Successfully. Successfully, though. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and then we smoked for fucking hours. Uh, it was really fucked up of us. Um, we went to the weed store today. And it was a bountiful fucking harvest. It um, was. Anyway, so the super special late edition. It's going to yeah. be real chill. It's going to be like NPR at 2 in the morning on a car ride with your parents. Can't say I that think. I have gaffa. <laughs> Anyways, first thing I want to roast about this book is a map. Dang, I'm about to pull a baller ass move. Well, we can both see the map. We can both see the map. I just have to do unconsciousable things to this book cover. Yeah, it's horrendous. But it's it's fine because this book is kind of trash. So for those of you that don't know what the Warrior of Altai is, actually, let's start there. Let's start there. (laughs) What the fuck is the Warrior of the Altai? Why does this matter? Well, 
Warrior of the Altai is the first book that Robert Jordan ever wrote. The whole thing. Mm. And he took it to publishers. His first original book is my understanding. Because I think he wrote Conan the Barbarian things. Uh. But it wasn't like... But like fanfic? <laughs> no, no, it was official shit, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Anyways, but... He wrote a book, and he took it to publishers, and eventually he took it to a publisher named Harriet. He later married her, but the book never got published, even though it was bought twice. It got returned both times. Um, That's when you know it's a really good book, when the people who buy it don't even fucking want it Exactly. Um, So it never got published, and eventually Robert Jordan went on and wrote The Wheel of Time, although he didn't even finish that. (laughs) That Body what? That was rude of me. I'm sorry, Mr. Jordan. Um, we can't hear you. <laughs> That's true. <coughs> it's weed, not COVID, promise. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> but, like, don't y'all just question that some days? Is it weed or is it COVID? Yeah. Is it allergies or is it COVID? When I wake up in the morning and my lungs feel like a withered heap twitching within my chest, I'm like, hmm, do I have this horrendous fucking disease or uh, did I just smoke too much last night? Uh Uh-huh. You know the vibe. Anyways. (laughs) 2020 vibe. Whatever. 2020 summer vibe, especially. Um, And he weighs. Where did I'll tell you? So it was never going to get published. And Robert Jordan... Explicitly said, never publish this book. And then guess what? Harriet fucking published it. And it's contentious. She waited 12 years after his death. And then she was like, fuck it. Take it, you monsters. Mm-hmm. And the fandom was like, ah! But some people were like, it's against Robert Jordan's wishes. And I'm like, yeah, that's valid. But it like... it kind of was. And you know what? She should have fucking listened to him. Because it wasn't very good. So... Because this book was never going to get published, and we really want to start this out by saying we do not judge Robert Jordan for anything that this book contains. It, In his mind, it was never going to be published. It was never going to be put out. No one was ever going to read it. Why would he need to fix world building things between this book and his Wheel of Time series when he was never going to do that? Of course he would borrow from the series that he had done a bunch of world building for when he wasn't going to publish that. It it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense from Robert Jordan's perspective, but then Harriet did it anyways. So when we're roasting this book, we're really kind of roasting the publishing Decision. decision. Although it was never put out as a standalone book, it was put out as like an in the forward that Harriet wrote. She's like... It's just interesting seeing where the Wheel of Time came from. And I'm like, I guess, but like he said, don't publish it. (laughs) As we've said on this show before, it was not good. Yeah. And I think as a married couple, especially one where one of us is and will continue to be an author. Represent. Yeah. If you wrote a book and you were like, no, never publish this. It's a piece of trash. The only reason I would ever publish that is if we were about to lose our house and our kids were like going to be on the street. Like, it would be for something that you would have thought valid for publishing it, you know? Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. 
you would never find anything in my notes that I wasn't intending to publish because I have in the past dumped an entire novel manuscript in just like a bathroom garbage can and walked away because <laughs> I decided I didn't like it that much anymore. You'd what never age was this? 17 or 18? Yeah, that sounds like you. <laughs> anyway, it would never be an issue with us. <laughs> but like... Because dang hides his shit. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody having no dirty laundry on me. I think I want <laughs> Warrior of the Altai being published 12 years after I'm dust. Fuck you. <laughs> that's just... Burn it! That's just fucking... But he, ev- but he originally wanted blackmail, you know. Yes, but he originally wanted it published, and she was the publisher who read it, so she probably had her own copy. That's pretty cute. <laughs> okay, but if I had a copy of a book that you didn't want published, and then I publish, I'd be pissed right off. I'd be stewing in the grave. <laughs> well, I think that's for other reasons, Horrible. namely dumb decomposition, but. Okay, what if it was for a thing, you know? That would be kind of different. It depends on the thing. I'd still Talk be like, y'all can't do this shit when I'm not here to defend myself, you know? Valid. Don't speak ill of the dead. Don't release their bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I think Harriet made the wrong move. In her position, yeah, she absolutely didn't need the money for any reason. I wouldn't imagine so. I'm pretty sure Warrior of the Alti IE was released to increase anticipation in the TV show. In all likelihood, completely reasonable conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And did it? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On account know. of it's kind of not great. <laughs> Want to okay. roast the map? Yeah, I do want to roast the map. Sorry, the cat was cooing at me. I understand completely. Demanding pets. Attention. Love. Okay, so you look at the map. First thing you fucking see, the backbone of the world. Yeah, literally, that's what it's called. It's labeled that on the map. And it's like, bitch, that is the spine of the world. Literally. How were you so bad at naming things back then? It's just the mirror image of Randland. You it imagine is, it, right? It is. The ideal waste is on the left side instead of the right. Excuse me, the west side instead of the east. Yeah, there's just the spine of the world called the backbone of the world running up the entire west side of the map. Right? And then there's the plain. Mm-hmm. Okay. You don't know it yet, but it looks deserty, and you're starting to think, hmm, that might be a little ideal wasty. And turns out it fucking is. There's a place called Tyria. <laughs> oh, there's a couple other bad ones. Norland. I think there's one that your hand is blocking for me. Let go for oh, one second. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, there's Telemark. Yep. I forgot that would be reversed for you. Hello. The cat is trying to come into my lap. Okay, come on. Just just go for it. Embrace it. Ass like, yet. Altai, what does that sound like? Aiel? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is just looking at the map, it's so very clearly almost the identical silhouette mm-hmm. of Randland, complete with in the southwest of this map, which corresponds to the southeast of the Westlands, 
Mm-hmm. You start to see kind of river delta e stuff coming yep. in here as the river branches out exactly where tear would be. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's literally just, like... Look it up. If you're a patron, I'll post a picture of it on the Patreon. And Check all those there. forests in the middle of the continent, too. Oh, yeah. Very, or very, very Westlands. It, it's it's just kind of sad. Dude okay. only made one map in his life. All right. So when you have to explain a book at the start, <laughs> like, it, that's a little bit not a good sign, you know? <laughs> it's like the people who go to open mic night and they're like, now, it's maybe it's going to be a little bit rough. You know, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I, don't lead off by telling us that it's not going to be good. Because Better then to expect- ask for forgiveness than, than you know, ask for permission. permission. Yeah. Yeah. No. Literally. Exactly. Ask. That's what I was getting stuck on. Just fucking own it if you're gonna do it. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, what's the goddamn point? Your audience is already not listening. You own it. If you know us in person. <laughs> AKA, if you're no spoke, you know what that means. Or Mr. Buzzfeed. Hi, Mr. Buzzfeed. Thanks for listening, dude. Yeah, I don't know if he'll actually listen to this. Anyway, um, we get yeah. right into the plot <laughs> line then. Oh, yeah, I gotta skip. Skip, skip, skip. And oh boy, the Wheel of Time parallels are bountiful, like right off the cuff. Okay. It's Sorry. also. It's a, it's a hefty forward. It's also written, I found, in the exact Robert Jordan style. Mm-hmm. But just if someone... It, there's emblems above the chapters. It, it, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, just, like, the way he writes feels like Wheel of Time. If someone wrote a completely shit book and then he rewrote it with the prose of the Wheel of Time, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, fuck. It's, it's, it's weird. Like, it feels like a bad Robert Jordan knockoff. It does. Not like the beginnings of an artist. Mm-hmm. Just in, in, in the experience of reading it. Mm-hmm. It got me invested even though the story really like, was shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, where do we start, Shane? So, we start... As in the Wheel of Time, and I remember thinking this as I read it, with absolutely no explanation of any of the things it's naming or saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it starts in in the fifth month of the year of the stone lizard in the Kafara wind. That's the first sentence. Okay, and wait. Our first phrase. There's actually a Latin phrase that describes when a story starts in the midst of the action. And I don't remember what it is. I think it might be in media res. Or something like that. Fuck if I know. Listeners, if you're listening to this and you know, please jog my memory on Twitter because I'm too high to remember to look it up. At dengist underscore con underscore? I think so. But yeah, um, if you know what that is, please jog my memory. Because that's how this book starts and it's a literary cliche. It is. (laughs) Okay. We make fun of the lanterns. They're talking about the plane. That sounds like the Aio Waste, the Threefold Land. It's because it is the Aio Waste in the Threefold Land. Like, they, they talk about it in, in a lot of the same language and majesty. Like, mm-hmm. the plane giveth and the plane taaketh away. It is a hard life lived on the, the plane. The emphasis on we, water. Oh, the emphasis on water. <clears throat> but also just, like, 
the way they view themselves felt very IEO. Yeah. This proud, hardy folk that we do what we Engage need to, to get slavery. by here, you know? Yep. Okay, so. There's signs in the sky. There's winds. Um, portents, you say? Portents, I say. They have lances because they ride horses, which is not like the Aiel. Oh, yeah. So the Altai are the Aiel. Just mm-hmm. they're, they're the warrior people. They ride horses. That's the main difference. They can run really far and really fast. And they're really tough. They're the best warriors in the land. Nobody fucks with them because they're so tough. And it's very macho. Yeah. Like I said, it's Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> like it's No, it really, really fucking is. Yeah. Like we can tell from his multiple female slaves. Yeah, yeah. That that's where we get thrown into the book, is just this guy walking around reading portents from the old witch lady and talking to his female fucking no, slaves. No, the portents aren't even from the witch lady at first. Oh Jesus. Jesus. But then he's just walking around with big muscles being scary and tough and having sex. And it's really fucking weird. Oh, he links up with Harold, who never did anything wrong and did not deserve what happened to him. That's true. Harold literally got kidnapped on like the second night of the book. And then at the end of the book, he gets beheaded in the middle of a battle for no fucking reason. Harold did nothing wrong. He got played. He did. Is this a full spoiler episode for The Wheel of Time, too? I could put it. I might need to be, because I have a parallel to draw. Oh yeah, draw the parallels, draw the parallels. Okay, spoiler alert. Starting now. Harold got played exactly like Bella did. Holy fuck, (laughs) yes, he did! Like, just... Totally fine character dies mm-hmm. in the end, just f- to fucking hurt me inside. Uh-huh. You're a bastard and a whore, Robert Jordan. <laughs> Accurate. God damn, why do you hurt me like this? Although I'm a little okay with him using males to cause male pain instead of <laughs> women, you know? <laughs> That's a nice change, I guess. Look on the sunny side. Yeah. The bright side of life. Um... So, he meets up with Harold, who did nothing wrong, um, who was his adopted brother, because his dad died in some really cool battle. Um, doo, 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 doo. Oh, and Harold's dad is the leader of the tribe. Yeah, he's a king of the... He's the Karakarn, if you will. He's the Karakarn of the Altai. Yeah, Wolfgar is a clan chief. Harold is also a clan chief. Oh, Yeah. Which is why I propose the renaming of the book Warrior of the Altai to just be Ruark Origin Story. Yes! Accurate. Completely accurate. Okay. So bad things are happening. There's bad omens that they're talking about. For so long! The portents. A water hole was poisoned and that's, that's, oh, that's exactly as bad as it would be for the Aiel. A level of disrespect. It's also technically a war crime. Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Even when the U.S. did it in Vietnam, it was technically a war crime. Yes, <laughs> it was. A war crime. <laughs> I was making intense eye contact with the microphone because I'm very high. And I'm very tired. Late show! <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. We're just being idiots. 
I wish we were making a functional episode of this book, but it is what it is. It's the weed of time you come here for shenanigans. Hey, we're putting as much effort into this episode as Robert Jordan put into (laughs) writing origin story. (laughs) Continue. There's bad portents. (laughs) But the portents say um, that bad things are going to happen. But they're going to consult with their sister of wisdoms. (laughs) Oh, really? The sisters, eh? The sisters? Of wisdom. Of wisdom. That doesn't sound like, you know, sisters, as in Aes Sedai at all, even even though they're the magic people. But guess what? In this book, they had to get full naked to do any powerful magic. Skyclad, as they call it. I mean, don't they have to get full naked to get, like, licensed as Aes Sedai anyway? That's true, accurate, like... Robert Jordan just liked the women being naked. He did. He was a horny bitch. I can't believe Harriet let him publish. (laughs) Honestly, though, this is a thing. This is a bit of a trend I'm starting to notice. Mm. With male authors who have wives who are involved in their careers somehow, how the fuck do they let them write the things they write? Mm -hmm. If they have any sort of influence, like... How did Tabitha King just completely okay it? Fucking really. It's because of the cocaine. That's true. But like, how did Harriet okay so many things as his editor? (laughs) I kind of don't understand. Because back in the them original days, if you had female characters, it wasn't sexist. That's true. That that was the, there was a low bar. That's very true. <laughs> Which is sad because it was 1991. Uh huh. Before my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's going on with these portents anyway? Is something going to be done about these dumbass portents? They're going to the sister of wisdom, Myra. Oh right. Okay. Sorry. That's the thing I was going to say. I'm so sorry. I adore the fact that he just. Looked at that and went, you know what? The Wheel of Time is going to be a longer form fiction than Warrior of the Altai. I need to split up some of my ideas into smaller parts to stretch them out through the fiction. I got sisters. And I've got the wisdom. And what if they were different people? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. He's going to... Nynaeve. I mean, Cad Swain. Nynaeve. She's the most powerful one. Yes, but also according to my theory, Cad Swain. <laughs> yes, too. Nynaeve slash Cad Swain. Nynaeve slash Moraine. Oh, horrendous. Also, I'm really trying to make no both think that Moraine is dead. She might be past that when this comes out, but that's a lie. Anyways. That's what we do to get by in quarantine. Oh, now they're going to the city first, actually. Because mm. they're going to go talk to the queens. They're just a hostile military force outside this city, and the guys are like, let's walk in and talk to them, right? That's what yeah. we're going to do. It's a, apparently an established thing that the Altai are allowed into the city in the palace to visit the royals but th- in exchange for like not raiding them or something. It's fucked. But things go weird. And not normally. The, yeah, the, the, guards at the, they... the guards at the gate are like, who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you here? And they're like, um, 
all the normal reasons. And But I think really that is when Wolfgar and his people should have turned around and been like, shit is fucked up. We need to mm-hmm. not push this, you know? You're talking as if Wolfgar was a sensible person. You're right. He was just biceps and dick. <laughs> literally, no literally, literally. Okay, but anyways, <laughs> so bicep and dick, Wolfgar, he goes, let me in the fucking city because I'm going to kill you all no matter what. You can't stop me. And they're like, okay, sir. And they let him in. <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's. And they're upset about it. But they keep going. And then they go to the, the palace and... It's rumored that the palace guards are chosen for their looks so the queens can sleep with them. The identical twin queens who were not made twin queen or double queens because they were identical twins, but there's always two queens in that city. Somehow they're made identical twins by being queens. No, they are identical. <laughs> okay. So there's a there's two queens, right? And they're usually sisters. Um, or they would have started as sisters. And then the daughter of the firstborn daughter becomes the heir to one. The firstborn daughter becomes the heir to other. And it usually goes on on that way mm-hmm. until one of them dies. And then there's, there's no, there's no daughter. And in that case, the firstborn daughter of the other queen takes over for the other queen and the secondborn daughter Becomes queen when the other queen dies. Okay, so now listen. So that means that their aunt died without ha- or their the other queen died without having children, and then they both became queens, and their mom died. Do you think that's just a really, really elaborate historical bullshit thing by Robert Jordan to justify giving us the tease of Wolfgar fucking both of the twins at the same time? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was why. Yeah, it was for it was for the chan- the idea, the merest hint of a threesome, because of course they're both stunningly beautiful. Yeah, but of course, he he didn't have his wheel of time ideas so fully formed yet. He was just yeah. like potentially fuck two women. No, that's just that's just spicy enough. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, uh, that's all true. <laughs> But anyways, they come in and then somebody tries to take them to a place that's not the hall that they want to go to. And they're like, let us in. And he's like, no. And he's like, let us in or we are going to fucking murder you and then go there anyways. And he's like, well, I guess I'll live then and takes them there. And they come in and they're like, haha, you know. We're in this royal place. I've gotten ahead of myself in the book, and I need to catch up. So Wolfgar and his troop get to the throne room. Yeah, they get to the throne room. And, oh, lo and behold, their enemies are there. Let me find the name of this tribe. It starts with an M because everything evil. The Morassa. Isn't that just a Robert Jordan evil name? Morassa. She'd be a Shido. Yeah. But anyway, they're a tribe. With some ass, ass, ass. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a Shido. Uh, she's a... They're a... They're an enemy tribe of the Altai. They're scavengers. So they don't got no respect for them. They've got it's, generational Okay, beef. it's the Aiel and the Tinkers. That's fucking true. I thought of it earlier. I'm so glad I remembered to say it. Anyway, there's a Tinker, but with more ass. Uh, um, 
Their enemies are there treating with these queens that are supposed to In places to be... of high honor. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Thought and we then, were safe here, fam. What the fuck? Yeah. And then they come in and the queens are very disrespectful to them. And they ask them to go sit with like the beggars and give them beggar food and stuff. And it stinks. And they're both being bitches. About, and they're just sitting there like, let's see what the fuck is happening. We got to get some intel on this situation. But they're both like quivering from the disrespect. <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> the audacity. And they're like, hoes. hmm, well, let's see. So let's, eventually they piss them off enough by like threatening to enslave them. So they call out their sister of wisdom. Who brings an acolyte in to make a false viewing of like Wolfgar in chains and being whipped by the sisters, but like portraying it as a vision of the future, you know? And he's like, fuck this shit. And he throws his dagger into it and it explodes. Because he's like, the dagger is the truest essence of who I am. And it exploded the spell because it was not true with who I am. <laughs> No, seriously, that's the lore. Like, what the fuck? That's stupid. That's so dumb. I'm, Jay read this when we first got it at, like, Christmas. And then I read it quite recently, so I'm reminding him of a few things as I talk about it. It's such a bad book. It's so bad. But the acolyte dies, which, you know. Yeah. Oh, and she had to get naked before she did it because, of course. Actually, and there's a there's that. a Pentagon involved because, of course. Satanism. Satanism. Um. Oh, and it was extra bad that he sent his blade, or yeah, his dagger into it. Yeah. The blade has been with me since I can remember. <laughs> my imprint is on it as surely as if it was my own hand or my foot. <laughs> you can't make this Had the up, image been Robert true, Jordan. the power would have recoiled against me. <laughs> but you stop! You're actually making me cry right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm weeping. <laughs> he took his glasses off. Oh, that's so stupid. But anyways, they're also extra mad with him because cold steel can't be, or like metal, can't be near Sisters of Wisdom when they're doing their wisdoming. It's bad. It'll hurt them and people nearby. So they're like, you would risk putting that into a spell? And he's like, yes, because it was lies slander. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. <laughs> You'll be hearing from my lawyers. You know, but like this happened because he threatened to enslave both of the queens and make them like implied that they would be his sexual slaves. So like he a little bit deserved this. So I'm a little mad he got away with what he got away with. I mean, he kind of didn't because of what happens to him, though. Yeah, but then it karma. ends. It ends a little with okay. what he wanted. That's um, Anyways, so then they they peace out before they get arrested. And they, <laughs> Naturally. They go very, very quickly. And on their way out, they encounter the Most High. <laughs> <laughs> Me! <laughs> I can tell from your weeping. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, Sorry. the Most High are magic people that are men! Oh my god! Is Ashaman right there? 
the Ashaman, I guess. But they're even more powerful than the Sisters of Wisdom. Yes, particularly in Earth and Fire. <laughs> they don't really have anything specific. They're just... They, they encounter <laughs> them and they are immediately frozen by the Most High. And the Most High are like, hmm, should we kill them? But, you know, they chitter in non-human language kind of stuff. We later find out how. Um, and they're just like... And they keep going, and then they eventually unfreeze, and they're like, oh, fuck, let's get the shit out of here, and then they yeet. So anyways, they're yeeting themselves, they're yeeting. The yeet clan And as they're leaving, Wolfgar's, like, looking at the city and the defenses, he's like, I bet I could take this city down. Because he threatened to, because he wanted to loot their hangings, because they were being rude to him. He made a lot of threat for somebody that just walked into their house and crashed their party. And now listen, here's the other thing. Is that, like, this city is impregnable. It has never been taken. This is... It's how Rome must have felt once upon a time. Once upon a yesteryear. <laughs> In the days of my youth. <laughs> You're younger than me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the fuck? If, uh, how the U.S. is going to... Currently feels. I don't know. Uh, it's fucked if I know. Anyways. So someone who feels very powerful right now. Yeah. A lot of power. They're like, nobody can beat us. We can do what we want. And this motherfucker is just like, I can do it. It's <laughs> like, I can do it. I think I can do it. So anyways, they eat. And... uh Oh, they have a wanderer. <laughs> they encounter a wanderer. What is a wanderer, you know? Are you who ask? It is a person who has wandered in from a different dimension. And in this case, our own New York City, I believe. Um, and they just show up and they're suddenly in a different world. So this poor New York City woman was walking down a New York City path with her gun and just suddenly was in the, the plane. The and Isle the, Waste. The Isle Waste, but the plane. And when this is then captured by a group of Altai. However, she managed to f shoot one in the ass. Because <laughs> she had a gun. Because she had a gun, but there was no more bullets in it. They're going to try to figure out how to make her gun work. It's not going to go so well. Anyway, RJ hadn't really uh, percolated on the idea of portal stones enough. Uh huh. And he was just like, what if people could just fall between dimensions? Mm hmm. At random, for no reason, irrevocably. For what this book actually was, there was a weird amount of lore <laughs> that was just kind of shoehorned in there, you know? And it is not the better for it, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. The lore is bad. Yeah. Um, okay. So, they're talking about the Wanderer. They're coming back to this tribes. So there's like cattle herds and stuff. And it's very, very plainsy <laughs> and nomadic. They have tents. Okay. Anyways, he gets to Myra, his sister of wisdom. He has questions for him and he has answers for her. Um, or, wait. He has questions for her and she has answers for him. Ha ha. <laughs> So she's sad because Cyan is evil because only an evil person would have done what Cyan did. That was the sister of wisdom of the queens who made an accolade do a fake 
fake reading. Fake reading and then go boom. So she's putting powders on things and she's... She realizes she needs to potentially protect them against the black sister. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's a f- now a foretelling that tells Wolfgar that a wanderer with short black hair and blah, blah, blah will help him in a... Tight spot someday. Tight spot someday. It'll be necessary to save the Altai. And he goes, I just saw that wanderer just now with those guys. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to go get that wanderer. So she sent some of her acolytes who notably do not do fake dances and die. <laughs> how you know she's one of the good ones. So yeah, how you know she's one of the good ones. Sends one of her acolytes and they come back with the wanderer. And they're like, ho, ho, ho. We're going to, you know, figure it out. And... Okay, with them was a wander. And then she's like, you know what? Fuck this wander. She would learn our language in a little while, but that's not fast enough. And then she does a spell on the wander that makes her go. Of course, the wander has to be naked. And they're yeah. naked and there's a there's a rod involved. It's very a little bit Gandalf-like. <laughs> very Moraine-esque. Myra is definitely Moraine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> but anyways... Oh, oh, it's kind of like the scene in The Matrix where they plug him in and they just teach him everything through chips in the computer. Uh-huh. She just kind of learns them the language right yeah. there on the spot. So it translates every word that she knows in presumably English into their language. And she completely loses all... Actually, she loses every single language she knows except for the other one. And she knew a lot because she was like, you know, she was a historian, I believe. And said she knew a few languages. But, um... Oh, she tried a few languages earlier when she was trying to communicate with them. Right. That's what it was. Um, but anyways, all of those English words were replaced. And if there was no translation for them, they were just gone. She can't say a single word in English now. She has forgotten her own last name because it does not have a translation. Fucked. Luckily, her first name did for some reason. Luck of the draw. Hmm. You know what? You know what? Her, her her luck had been bad lately. She just stumbled into another dimension. She needed a win. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay. Okay. But she thinks she's dreaming, yada, yada, yada. She's upset. She's like, why can I understand you now? What the fuck? <laughs> we find out her name is Elspeth. And she, they're like, you're the key to the future of our people. And she's like, what the absolute fuck? I am dreaming. <laughs> okay, but no, listen. This is literally like the plot line of some different fantasies, but mm. from the other side. <laughs> this is like Mr. Tumnus's version of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. This is the people around Thomas Covenant about Thomas Covenant? Yes, exactly. You get this. It's weird. We're just seeing it from the in-world perspective. And barely. We're only like 40 pages in there. Like, Yep. It's funny. We're very fresh on it. I think okay. that's why it's noticeable. So now, Elspeth next day is going to go to Talva. And she's going to be trained as a slave because that's what she is. She's a slave. Um... Which is great. So she was a student. Another year and she would have been qualified to teach history at a university. So presumably was going for a PhD. What a loss. Financially, yeah. 
I meant for our world, but yeah. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> um, and Wolfgar's like, why the fuck do I need a historian? And it's like, and she's like, offended. And because he gets like real aggressive about it real fast. I can't believe you got the iced tea down that far already. Yeah, I You're know. a monster. <laughs> um, okay, but. Um, and Myra's like, Wolfgar, calm the fuck down. She just arrived in this dimension today. But, but also, listen, she's a historian of another dimension. Mm-hmm. That's not a historian for him. She wouldn't be a functional historian for him. She's just got lore for him to learn about a fantasy world. Yep. And she's, she's does he ever? Okay. So they send a message, things like that. Oh, we also learned that Harold is very important. Because um, he's going to die. Yeah, Harold, Wolfgar, and Elspeth are the three people that most need to be kept alive for the warrior or for the Altai to potentially make it through a coming cataclysmic event thing war. They're Tavirin. They're Tavirin. Girl Tavirin in this book. Nice. Oh, hot damn. Unfortunately, she's a she's a slave. But she's a demone. Yeah. Oh, um, Wolfgar's now buying Elspeth from the slave trainer. And she's like, no one owns me. I'm like, you go, girl. But this is not how that world works, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, he does own you at this point. But he does say, I bought you, but you are now free. You will serve me until you pay off the debt of your freedom. So indentured servitude, eventual holy end to slavery. Holy moly, she, she, she got a promotion. She got a promotion in one day from slave to indentured servant. <laughs> you see, these are the wins she needed. Everything's coming up Elspeth right now. <laughs> I'm sorry that I said that as you took a drink. I haven't taken a drink in so long. <laughs> then I sabotaged you. I'm sorry. Rude ass. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't spit it on the table. It was mostly the book and my phone that stopped it. <laughs> Anyways. So Talva's, the slave trainer, is now telling Elspeth that in the morning she's going to be strung up by her heels. I wonder what that's from. And will be beaten until she screams. And then she realizes that screaming won't do much. And then she'll start to beg. And then eventually Talva will let her down. And then you'll have to like act like a dog. And so she's being broken tomorrow. So it's still very not good. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, you're reading it and you're like, I don't like this. I want this to stop, you know? Yeah. You're just watching a woman be broken for no reason. Because she walked into a different dimension and it's like, this is not nice. Just let her go back to her dimension, please. <laughs> I wish she could. Okay. But she feels pretty vindicated about shooting that guy in the ass now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wish she shot him in the dick. Wish she shot him in the face. Okay. So, anyways, Wolfgar's like, nah, she's gonna come with me tonight. You can't torture her yet. And Talva's like, if you want. <laughs> but... <laughs> Talva's like, sex with you sounds like torture. Have at it, you know? Yeah. Well, that that's not why he's bringing her back. No, I know. But Elspeth's like, she's bluffing. And he's like, no, she isn't. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck? 
But yeah, so, okay. Oh, this one. Okay, warrior brand. So we go back to his tent and we meet his other slaves, Miram and Elnora and Sarah. <laughs> he just likes to throw an occasional real world name in there, like Elaine. Or just a Matt. Matt, I forgive less because the full name is Matrim, you know? Yeah. Okay, how about Leanne? Yeah. <laughs> Valid. Valid. Um. Okay. And the men eat first in this society, and that makes them barbarians and, you know, just <laughs> reasons. <Yeah. laughs> but, um... He just needed us to accept them as, like... Oh, the m- men have to eat first because the warriors must be tough to defend the tribes at all time, otherwise we all die. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he was really, really giving us plains viking. Or it's not even know. men, it's just warriors. But yeah, plains but viking, Dothraki kind of realness. Yeah, fuck. Like oh, it's... excuse me, Dothraki realness. I wonder what the cat did. That was her running up the stairs. Okay, so... Elspeth is pissed because she can't eat. She's like, what the heck is happening? Why can't I eat? This is bullshit. She's experiencing, like, true major sexism, and (laughs) she's, like, offended. And it's like, oh, honey, there's so much worse. And then Rolf comes in. Rolf's Rolf's a kid. He he helps um, Wolfram sometimes. He's, like, Rolf's in- or he's Wolfram's apprentice, almost. Wolfgar's apprentice. Wolfgar's, what did I say, Wolfram? No, oh, geez. He's Wolfgar's apprentice, and he's like training him for leadership and stuff, but he doesn't have his warrior brand yet. He's not old enough. And then, guess what? In the middle of dinner, bam! An assassin! <laughs> <laughs> an assassin is in the back of the tent, and Rolf, watching, pushes Wolfgar out of the way, and, you know, leaps forward, pushes him out of his seat, and takes a poisoned arrow. Tragic. We don't know it's poisoned yet. Spoiler. Um, but anyways, then <laughs> Bye, Wolf- Rolf. I hardly, I hardly knew you. Yeah. So then Wolfgar chases down the assassin, and he he duels him and he kills him. And let's see. Do 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 do. Do we know who he is? I think his tongue has been cut out. Actually, mm-hmm. that's um, familiar. Yeah, his tongue has been cut out. Yeah. There's a burn on his cheek. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, no tongue. Uh, which is gross. You know? It's, 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 yikes. Okay. So, because the assassin was sent there, they're now sending a message to Harold to warn Harold. Because they pissed off the queens today. Because Harold was also there while Wolfgar did all of these things. And Harold's just sitting there like, shut the fuck up, dude. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Throw the head in the waste pit. And the body. So it's going to get shit on and stuff. That just seems gross. But it, you know, signifies their disrespect. Okay, his slaves are upset, Elspeth is fine, but the other girls are weeping because Rolf is now dead. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, because he had only hit his arm. <laughs> the cat is... Oh, Jesus Christ. I need Can to you... deal with the cat. Yeah. 
do not you dare jump on the china cabinet, you absolute monster. Jesus Christ, that cat's insane. It, she is. And sharp. Ow. Jeez. Anyways, cat. It's, it's her crazy time. It's 10.50. No spoil. When you listen to this, you'll understand. <laughs> okay. Pupils are so big, I'm terrified. Um, but yeah, so we're hoping that Harold hasn't been murdered. Uh, Elspeth is pretty chill, but Rolf got scratched with the arrow, but it was poisoned. Da, da, da. Because he, he fell to the ground almost immediately after Wolfcar was gone. And he was dead so fast, so it was a really strong poison. Venomous. Okay. Yeah, so... He then laments Rolf, and then Rolf's body is given the warrior brand, and Wolfgar is very dramatic as the body burns and stuff. I feel like I'm giving way too much detail about the plot of this book. Here, you take the book. Right. You'll be more responsible with it than I was. You could have held the page for oh, me, Oh, I though. can find it. I can find it. Thank you. My bad. My bee. <laughs> All right, we're going to switch it up a bit here. Yeah. I found myself just reciting plot points. I'm like, this is not what you're here for. Shells. All right. So, um, yeah, they have like a really weirdly drawn out warrior's death funeral shit thing for Rolf, which is weird because we knew him for like three pages as a living human. Yeah. And then we see him for 15 pages as a corpse. And it's like, <laughs> stop. Um, male death for male trauma. True. And there's a Marassa that comes over. And he's like, meet me in the city. We need to talk. Yeah, exactly. On behalf but, of his lord. No, yeah, on behalf of his lord, Ivo, sword arm of the lord Who of Who was the there with the twin queens while they were being shaded? Yeah, so he's meeting up with, like, some of the big players now, apparently. And he's a little bit, like... It's undoubtedly a trap. Like Gandalf in the extended Hobbit before he goes to Dolgaldur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, everybody tells Wolfgar, you can't possibly go. They're, they're just going to ambush And he's you. like, I'm going to go, but I'm going to go today instead of tomorrow. And they'll have no idea. <laughs> I'm going. We're going to go in disguises. We're going to be sneaky. And he goes with like six dudes. Yeah. And they all go in disguises. They go separated and they sneak into the city. And they all go into a tavern to wait for each other. And the youngest one, the only one he didn't know, <laughs> shows up really late. They're all pissed at him. He's like, I'm sorry. Somebody really wanted to buy my shit that I was holding. So I had to, like, take him off to an alley and kill him. <laughs> and they're like, will anybody find the body? He's like, nah, we good. And they're like, I. So they continue, and Wolfgar's like, I don't know about this new guy. <laughs> and then suddenly, these giant chain nets fall upon all of them. Because, oh my god, even though they were so tricky by going a day early and in disguises, they knew they would do that, because it wasn't that tricky. <laughs> and, and they got crushed. So, two of them... Wolfgar, of course, mm. at the front of the line. And the young guy who killed guys at the end of the line heard the nets 
and got out of the way. Everybody else is like unconscious underneath the nets. They've been knocked out cold. And they look the two of them that are free look at each other like a fight to the death then. <laughs> and they get into strategic positions and just begin killing people that show up to get them. And eventually Ooh, what's the kid's name? Can you find that? Yes. <laughs> it's with a B. Brian. Brian. Anyways, he gets like speared by a Marassa lance and pulls himself up the spear <laughs> or up the lance to like stab the other guy who then like screams and is a dramatic bitch about it. He pulls an Alfred crawling out of the lake, Hobbit style. We watched those movies recently. Um, but he's really dramatic and they're like, oh, the dishonor. After, you know, first guy pulled himself off the lance, our side has just dishonored us by dying like a bitch. They're all uncomfortable. And Wolfgar's like, me alone then. But somebody says, take him alive. And he's like, excellent. They won't be willing to do anything. I can do what I want. And eventually they bait him enough that he steps out into the alley and behold, a chain net falls down and crushes him. Yes. <laughs> that was word for word the chapter. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's an interesting part though. It is. Like it, shit it, happens. It's a very big battle scene. Yeah. Um, and he loses. And, and, and it was literally directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. It was just fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, he gets captured by a Marassa. Yeah, it's not good. Ivo. Ivo, the guy who baited him into coming. We don't like Ivo very much. No, not at all. Because he's a fucking asshole. And then he was there taunting him right before he got hit with the chain net. Yeah, that's how he baited him to come out. Yeah. Ivo's a bitch. And, um... So they bring him to the queen and her fucking slave master. Yeah. To, to, to just one of the queens, though. Yeah. Because you start to get the impression that the queens don't necessarily agree with each other on everything. Mm -hmm. And One, one of, of the, the queens wanted to kill him and the other one was like, calm the fuck down, bitch. He could this be is a the sex queen. slave. <laughs> yeah, this is the queen that said, calm the fuck down, bitch, because guess what? She wants a sex slave. She particularly wants a barbarian sex slave. Yep. And she looked at him, and she, when he came, and she was like, "Scrum diddlyumptious, a Wonka scrum diddlyumptious, if you will." Yeah, and she was like, "I have to have him," and then she did. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what happened. Um, <clears throat> so I think he gets shaved in here. Oh, he gets bathed. It's weird. Slaves get pampered just a little bit before all the bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets bathed. Or at least for him, because he's going to fuck. And they're like, he's disgusting. We have to watch him. He's got literal smegma. We need... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would! He needs at least a rinse, he please. I, that's disgusting. I'm so sorry. But, like... But it's true. They scrub him down and then they oil him and massage him. He gets perfumed and he doesn't want any of this shit and all the slave women He doesn't this. get perfumed. They try and he like throws it on the ground. Oh yeah, that's right. And they get beaten because he didn't get perfumed because mm -hmm. he was directed to be made up in the current style. They also wanted to shave him and he's like, absolutely not. Yeah, and they all, he refused to put on clothes too. <laughs> yep. And they're like, would you like some wine? And he's like, sure. 
and then and no, he's like, it's probably drugged. And he's like, let's see if it's drugged and drinks an entire glass. And, and then, shocker, know? it's fucking drugged. <laughs> and he's unconscious and getting captured again within his captivity. Yeah. He got gagged and bound. He was temporarily not tied up, so now he had to be retied up. And then she was, or he was bound to a bench and the queen was back. Yep. And she's like, and he I'm... was bound naked on this bench, back to the bench, arms and legs down, tied to the bench. Dick up. Yeah. 24-7. Surprisingly, not for the queen. And the queen was just like, I'm so glad they didn't shave your hair. Phew. Even though I'm going to beat them for not shaving your hair. And then she calls him ugly. And, uh... This is at a garden party, isn't it? Is it? Or no, this isn't the garden no, party No, 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 no. This is in her bedroom. This because lo bedroom. and behold, a lady shows up. And the queen is like, you didn't come to my bed last night when I asked you to. And she's like, I'm married. <laughs> or I'm engaged. And the queen's like, that doesn't matter. There's married people who come to my bed when I call. You must be completely devoted to your queen. And she's like, that's fucked up, lady. And she's like, uh-huh. Now, you're going to get held here while I use a feather to put this sexy stuff that's going to make you really horny all over your tits. And then, and then she, she just, does. She fucks Wolfgar like fucking crazy. Yep. And then she gets sent to a dungeon by the queen. Yep. But yeah, <laughs> she gets crazy horny, so she fucks Wolfgar. And lo and behold, is impregnated. We'll find out about that later. <laughs> because he got ran sperm in the adaptation. <laughs> he did, he did. Um, well, that's why Wolfgar is adopted. And then she talks about how much she wants to... Um, break him. Break him, and also just like commit genocide on his people. Yeah, because, oh, look, in our, lo and behold, the people of Lanta are working with the Morassa to wipe out the Altai so that they can have an empire. And after that, she just cuts her own clothes off. And, uh, oh, no, she just takes her own clothes off because she was naked underneath her clothes. Mm. That's actually something that he had to put in the book. And <laughs> then she fucks him. Presumably while he's still hard from fucking her friend under a potion. Her, her subject. Her subject. Who was a lady. Yeah, like, it's, that's why I meant, like, friend, like, peer among yeah. the nobility, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I just don't think friend would be Well, accurate. not anymore! <laughs> Gal pals. <laughs> Gal pals. Anyway, it's weird. She's into some weird shit. Yeah. It's, it's odd, that's for certain. But, but then they just put him in a dungeon with a lantern nobleman. Who's refusing to eat. He's wasting away. And the Lantern Nobleman's like, I can't believe they're putting me in here with these dogs. Yeah, he's like got so much dignity. It's really fucking pathetic. He's got so much dignity, he starved to death. That's Because true. their hands are tied behind their back. And they put the food in, but don't untie their hands. So if you're going to eat, you have to eat with your face. And the Lantern Nobleman's like, I could never. <laughs> so he literally starves to death. But Wolfgar eats it. He's like, I have to keep up my strength if I'm going to escape. <laughs> I've got to keep up my strength if I'm going to fuck every woman in Lanta. Accurate. <laughs> accurate. Completely accurate. But anyways, so he, he eats and she's like, aha, he's broken. See, he's willing to eat like a dog. And he's like, 
<laughs> and then she hauls him out into a garden. And there's just like a little garden party happening with mm-hmm. the queen that likes him. And all of her friends. And she's like, haha, I've broken you. Now let me come parade you as my pet. And it's it's all very uncomfortable, really. And he's like, you can believe that. I think he eats like pieces of meat out of their hands. Yeah. He pretends to be like a dog. But then he just... he. Robert Jordan has some weird fantasies, that's all I'm saying. He just really wants a dom, you know? He's a sub. A bottom. Oh, and that was the thing. They had to test to see if they had really broken him. So he got whipped like fucking crazy. And he didn't scream the entire time. And then he got taken to a worse cell than he had been in before. Because in this cell, the floor opens randomly. And there's like slithery hissy monsters underneath. So he can't sleep because at any moment they could take away the floor and drop him into the pit of monsters. Well, at first he could sleep, but he had to sleep very lightly because the floor made a noise. Right. The floor made a noise and then it opened. But eventually, as they continued to fuck with him, the the floor would just not make a noise at all. Um, they didn't feed him at all the entire time he was in there. And they didn't give him water either. They gave him water once. Um, They gave him a pot of water and he's like, this is a fucking mind trap. And he drank all of it and then he put it back down and the jail master immediately came in and like kicked it against the wall expecting to destroy all most of the water. Yeah. Because, you know, a rational person would ration that. The next time they gave him salted water before they gave him water in packets of salt. But, um... So he wouldn't die. Yeah, the thing I was talking about is in between the two things you've been talking about, though. Oh. Because they gave him a period with, like, no water, and he got real fucked up. His tongue swole, his lips oh, cracked, yeah. and um, he, when he could taste his own sweat, it stopped tasting salty and mm-hmm. stuff. And then they started giving him the salt water. Anyway, they do some really upsetting things to this guy. Um... What else we got? Oh. He meets some random slave girl. Let's see here. No. That's not till later. That's not till later. Right now we've got him talking with both queens because the queen that doesn't like him has found out that he's being kept as a pet and she's unhappy. Oh, they canceled the blender that I ordered. Oh, horrible. I'm going to have to buy a new one for a birthday. This comes out after for no supposed birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else we got? He starts finding out that the guards don't particularly like the queens. Yeah. They talk shit about them behind their backs. But some of them definitely do service the queen's sexual needs. They're very tender about it. Oh, oh, and then he gets pulled back out to another garden party, and he's a very good dog. Because he's like, food! I haven't seen food in weeks! And the queen's actually really upset with how fucked up he looks. Yeah, that's right. And also, he got in good with the guards, and they gave him directions to escape from. Yeah. Through. 
So he's got a plan, but he's just got to get Because he was talking shit about the queen, or the guards were talking shit about the queens. He's like, I'll tell them you said this if you don't tell me how to get out of here. They're like, he'll never escape. We'll just sure. tell him. Um, Shocker, he does escape. But he was chained and bolted to a wall when he wasn't in use. Yeah, so, in an alcove near her room. So he had to get free before any of that could be useful for him. Which now is when the slave girl shows up. Yes. She's just kind of looking at him one day. And he keeps trying to pull the chain off. And she's like, you can't get free. You can't just break your way out of that chain, dude. And he's like, I know, but I have to try. And uh, I'm running diagnostics. <laughs> running diagnostics. But he, he, he rolls fairly well on charisma and actually gets this slave girl to talk to him. Um, what else we got? She brings him food and water sometimes extra and just sits and chats with him. Helps his mental health. And at this point, he's now been in there for a month. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Ooh. He has not seen anyone else that got captured with him at, or in this time. Oh, that's true. But he was starting to get healthier again. And so after a month... The guards that usually came to take him to the garden to be a dog mm-hmm. came, but this time instead of two, there was 20. Oh, it wasn't to take him to be a dog, it was to take him... Oh, oh, I'm thinking of a different part. Okay. okay. I think. You go. So, 20 men escort him to a big, scary, domed witch's tower, covered in strange symbols. Mm. And they push him into the center of the room with bound hands... And he's t- uh, tied to a ring in the floor. Because uh, the other queen is starting to get her way. Yeah, exactly. The two queens come in and some sisters of wisdom. Cyan. A sacred number. Three. Cyan, Yashen, and Batine. Yep. All evil. All bad. And they start doing one fucker of a fucking satanic ritual. Yep. Horrible. There's and like, he's in the middle of it. It's all about him. Yeah, it's centered on him. He's the focal point of it. Bad. And he almost passes out, but then he doesn't. <laughs> because very... because Myra, his sister of wisdom, has attacked or put a little thing in him, like a magical little sensory thing, before he left. Because she's like, I, I need to make sure I can protect him if something bad happens to him because he's going on this stupid plan into the city. And then she uses it to like help him. This is a remarkably sexist book where the only useful people are women somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really incredible. He anyway. has a really good battle plan. That's true. That's true. That's inspired by Elspeth. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Boring shit. Boring shit. What the fuck? What? But I think oh, anyway. Oh, he escapes. Yeah. So they take him back to the alcove because this thing didn't, the spell didn't necessarily work. Yeah. So they're like, Hmm. Take him back to his thing while we talk about what we're going to do. And he's like, I need to leave now. This shit has gone beyond crazy. So, like, he goes back to his cell with the 20 guards. And then, like, later, two guards come up because they're taking him to go fuck the queen. Because she's like... Still need my dick. Still need my dick. So... 
those two guards do that and he punches them, knocks them unconscious, takes their armor and uses the directions they gave him to walk out of the palace. Dun, dun, dun. So he's escaping from, from the castle and the city. But on his way out, he finds his best friend and most faithful companion. Hulu guy. Hulu guy? He, he, he says his name's Hula Guy right here. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um, I think. Oh, no. His best friend's Orn. I'm thinking of a different dude. But anyways, it's a guy he really likes. A buddy of his. Old friend. Yeah. And he is sitting outside, chained to a thing. Naked. Beat to shit. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. I'm going to save my friend. And he tries to pull his friend off the thing. But his friend's been impaled on the thing. Little did we know. And we find out that all of them died like this just for the sake of watching them die like this. And the guy's like, I ask for the warrior's death or whatever it is. And he's like, okay, friend, and breaks his neck. Which, like, honestly, the best thing to do. And we find out I that, would want that. And we find out that one of the evils, Aes Sedai, was responsible for it. Cyan, the, e- the most evil. So he breaks his buddy's neck. To As save him from in- would do. suffering. Because, you know what, like, that's... I'm a big proponent of... What's it called when, like, you... You have a terminal illness and you, uh... Physician-assisted suicide? Yes. Yeah. Euthanasia? Big, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> Consent. Bodily autonomy. Anyways, physician-assisted suicide. I'm, I'm a proponent of that in terminal cases. Anyways... Okay, so. so get this. After escaping, he goes back into the castle. Because he's so mad about and all of his friends. Because remember, he's also, you know, their lord. He led them into this, and they all died like that. He's pissed. Not just at the people who did it, but also at his own self. And so he's pissed, and he climbs into his queen's room. And he gets out that feather that has the crazy sex powder on it. Yep. Potion thing. And he's like... Hmm. Ah. Perfect idea. And he ties her to the bed. And she thinks that he's going to, you know, be... A barbarian. A barbarian, yeah, that's what we'll say. And he's like, nah, fuck you. And he puts that literally, like, all over her. And And then he just walks out and leaves her tied up there. She's been gagged. The horniest person on earth. Yep. And he's just like, you're a queen. No one's going to come in here for at least a few days. Or at least to like tomorrow. You, right? Why would they, how would they dare? And she's like, fuck. <laughs> then he just leaves. So that's pretty cool. That, that was a pretty decent revenge. And he gets down into a cart full of kitchen scraps and rides that out of the city. Buried in it. Buried in it. I think he's still naked. No, he, he stole the armor. Did he steal the armor? Yeah. Okay. He hasn't um, been naked today. And then he jumps out, and the old man driving the garbage cart's like, Hey, um... The, the fuck? fuck, dude? And he's like, I need your horse. And he's like, I'm gonna get beaten for that. And he's like, what if I punch you in the head so you have a contusion and you can say that you were waylaid by blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that would be great, thanks! And he's like, you know, I could just liberate you and you could be not a slave. He's like, how would I live? Anyway, he ends up... That's getting... capitalism for you. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he ends up getting the horse from this guy, but it's a really shitty horse. Mm. And when he rides it back to his camp... He's just waiting for it to fall dead. A scout is just like, why do you smell like a goat and why do you ride a goat? Who are you? And Wolfgar's like, fuck you! I'm biceps and a dick. Can you not tell? And he's like, oh, biceps and a dick. <laughs> I knew not. You're one of my people. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we go oh, the, Al- the Altai are very tall, by the way. Mm. I just wanted everybody to know that because they are the Aiel. And uh, he goes back and he dishes on everything that happened. He talks to, to Myra, the Moraine of this, this book. My God, there's like 12 pages on this scout bringing him back to camp. Yeah. They just get heckled the whole way. Yep. Because he's so stinky and gross looking. And here we go. <laughs> she talks about a pattern a lot when he talks to Moira. Yeah. Myra. Yeah. Um, it's just in like Why? patterns in the foretellings and shit, mm-hmm. but like the rune bone casting. But yep. it's just. It's funny. He stuck on a word, didn't he? Yep. Um, so they have a big old cultural battle. Uh, because Myra tells him who betrayed him. They do a spell to figure out who did it because somebody told them that they were going into the city earlier, early. How else would they possibly get caught? That's how the ambush happened. That's how all his friends died. He's pissed. Yeah. And they find out that the slave trainer Talva is the one who sent a bird to the city telling them that they were coming. And he's very mad. This also explains a lot because slave girls have been running away recently, including one of Wolfgar's own. But, oh, uh, Wolfgar's buddy, Orn, captured the slave girl and brought her back to Myra without talking to her or asking anybody. And she said that Talva had sent her. So they had suspicions, but they had confirmation now. So Wolfgram goes, or Wolfgar, (laughs) I'm just messing up his name every time. Wolfgar goes to kill Talva because he's... You know, biceps and a dick. And and Myra's like, you cannot. Women's justice. Because I cast a spell on her that makes her obsessed with your biceps and dick. Yeah. She loves you. She hates you. But she, like, if you told her to not be your slave, she'd, like, cry and be sad. And it would be, it would be unthinkable for her. And he's, then she's like, kill her if you want to. But I did this spell. And he's like, well, what? I'm not going to kill her now. Jesus. And he's like, I hate you, Myra. And she's like, you love me, bitch. And then he starts trying to figure out how to take Take Lanta. Yeah, because he's he's extra pissed. And then there's this weird chapter sigil thing that just kind of looks like St. Peter's Because he's realized that taking Lanta is how they save the Altai. Right, he's like, this is how my people are going to survive. Yeah, they're going to take the city so they get the places across the city where there's fertile ground for their cattle. And they're just going to become city people. And he's like, no, we'll stay warriors of the Altai even though we live in the city. And they're like, that's not how culture works, dude. (laughs) And he's like, biceps and a dick. You can be okay, dang. I don't know. I, I think I understand why you like this book so much more than me. Why? Because you can fixate on the smallest shit and get enjoyment out of it. You know what I mean? What, what shit? 
What did I say? I don't remember. It's just the lengths you can go to on a small thing. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, did she just think about everything like this? Yes. <laughs> that's why I fixate on everything. That's why I have lists and a grand master list divided by category. Anyway, he um, he goes and he meets with all of the nobility, essentially, of the Altai. Yeah, because, because like, the king has called a conclave. Yes, there's a king's moot. And Wolfgar just happened to come back in time. He did not see Harold at all when he was in the palace, tragically, because Harold is the king's son. The king is Wolfgar's adopted dad. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know where your biological son is, but I'm here at least. Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, that's fine, you're both my sons. He's actually pretty wholesome. This he is gets, pretty great. At one point he's like, if I cannot have the son of my blood by me, at least I have the son of my raising. It's just heartwarming. Yeah. They really <laughs> are family. But, but seriously, if you adopted a kid and they turned out to just... To be nothing more than biceps and a dick. <laughs> you would think they were pretty special. <laughs> like. Um, How would they live? Probably work out a lot. Oh, Jesus. Have sex as much as they could. Oh, Jesus. You know, they'd just be the main character of this book, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um... Although I'm pretty sure, like, all the sex we see from him is non-consensual. Yeah. Yeah. Therein lies the Conan aspect. But he, yeah. But, like, not from him. No, 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 yeah. Every time he has sex in this book, he's being assaulted. But he does have a slave whose main job it is to, like, dance for him and please him. So, like, we can assume. And the other thing is his character never suffers from being assaulted. Yeah. So, like, it was written in a very Regardless of whether in our culture kind of we would view it as assault, he does not view it in that way. Yeah, he, he's very much written as, hell yeah, I'm fucking, most yeah. of the time. Yeah. And so that's kind of just an issue in and of he's itself. He's like, slavery's not all that bad. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, yikes. It's a really upsetting way to have dealt with that. And I'm yeah. glad it's not the same way that Matt and Tywin were dealt with. Yes, oh or my Valda god. Or Valda and or Valda. Yeah. Or, uh, Robin and Morgays, you know? Yep. Yep. I'm glad he got this shit out of his system. Yep. Yep, yep. Um. Anyway. There's a lot of fighting. Yeah, they fight a lot. There's specific battle strats that specifically involve them using longbows. Ooh, okay. I, there's a thing in this book called the runners. It's honestly oh, okay. kind of cool. So the runners, honestly, kind of makes me think of Fork Rule of Sale. Okay. If you've read Malazan, just a little bit in how they're described. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're humanoid. They are blue. They are very, very fast, and they will eat and devour anything that they find in the way their way. So something before, like, Altai boys do before they get their warrior brand, but they've had their manhood brand, is they'll ride to these groups and they'll try to outrun them, and they usually succeed. So, at one point in the books, he takes some of his newest warriors, the ones who just received the warrior brand, so they were doing this shit very, very recently, and he says, hey, I want you to find as many runners as you possibly can and bring them to this spot 
And that spot is where he has trapped the majority of the Lantern army. And then they just, they've done some more stuff just to hold them off kind of in that position. And then the runners come through and they just leave. And you're like, holy fuck, that's so badass. Because the runners will literally kill every single one of the humans, eat every single dead thing, including their own kind, and then leave. And they brought like a massive amount of them. But but like thankfully, the next time Robert Jordan brings this up, it's Ashaman coming through, you know, gateways. It's yeah. way fucking cooler. Yeah. But no, it was kind of cool, cool moment in that book. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, that was badass. And I was a little surprised by it. I didn't see it coming. Even though in retrospect, I could have probably. Yeah. But it still surprised me a little bit. It was kind of cool. Now, I have a question for you. Yeah. The, the vast majority of the last like quarter of this book, as we've been saying, is battle strats. Yeah, battle strats and battle execution. And, but so you get it in a very, the left flank came in this way. Mm-hmm. This group turned to the southwest and tried to make for the river. Yeah. But there was an opposing force of archers on the south yeah. side of the river. It's not to like, like what it, you get in the Wheel of Time where you're generally getting it from one perspective. Yeah. and Although you might get that a little bit with Matt towards the end of the series when he's a general. See, that's what I was going to say is I think we get it a lot from Matt. Yeah. And I, it's... it's Rodel Ilteraldo, maybe. Ilter, yeah. And so... What I was going to ask you, maybe as like a way to sum up the rest of this book, at least a little bit. Yeah. Do you think this, uh, uh, you know, bird's eye view, who's moving where mm-hmm. style of battle storytelling is better or worse than something like... When Perrin goes into battle or Malazan when you're with a specific squad and stuff. Right. You see one or a group of people and what they see of the battle and you don't necessarily get yeah. the full thing. What do you prefer to read? I prefer to read from the perspective of people participating in the battle because it feels way more engaging that way. Mm-hmm. You get the actual emotions, you get the danger of it. Whereas if you're reading it from like a commander's perspective, and I think cuts to a commander can be helpful, but it shouldn't be the entirety of the battle. Right. If you can get some vague impressions of the other yeah. movements going on, that's great. You right? have moments of rest to look out and see what's happening. That's completely fine. But I'd rather stay with the characters. In this case, there's no characters that we cared about really fighting so it wouldn't have been the same but like i i want to know what it feels like otherwise it doesn't feel like a battle happened at no point really did i feel in danger as uh right through the perspective of a character in this book because it was all from wolfgar's perspective and 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 he didn't really he participated a little bit in the battles but not much but you don't get the human the human fragility of it all yeah i mean you oh you don't feel the human cost oh and by this point he's basically a superhero anyways he moves real fast and he (laughs) doesn't tire he's got warder shit yeah he really does he got warder powers because he's been exposed to magic a lot yeah through various rituals but i'm gonna agree with you and i think i a very specific problem i have with the top-down view of the Mm -hmm. movement and shit yeah it (laughs) I often have a hard time following it. Yeah. I don't feel like it tells me what happened. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, lines move this way and then would... So there was a river somewhere, I... Yeah, it's very hard to keep that type of imagery in your mind, whereas it's a lot easier to think about how individuals are interacting with different things because that's the majority of our life. We don't see things from a world or bird's eye view. We see things from a person's perspective. 
So, so I think this was a pretty big miss for Robert Jordan. Mm. And I think in some cases in the Wheel of Time, it was a miss when it came up too. Yeah. Good question. I think in the Wheel of Time, it's a little bit mitigated because we have so many. And that's something I really like about what he changed between this. We have so many different point of view characters. Yes. We have multiple perspectives within the same battle. So sure, we can switch to Matt during the last battle to see what the overall thing is happening. But then we switch to Rand. We switch to Egwene. We switch to Nynaeve. We, we, we switch to Parent Matt. We can see from any of those perspectives at any time. And that's something I wanted to mention earlier as well. When we're going over the plot line, right? Mm-hmm. And it's quite literally plot line. Yeah. And th- there, there's pros and cons here. Because when you have an entire book that's one person, mm-hmm. you get to be really engaged with what they're feeling when the author wants you to. Because yeah. there can be so much detail dedicated to what they're feeling. I think we but, got a lot of that in book one with Rand. Yes, exactly. And I think as the story grew complex and the events and the characters other than Rand, because Rand is based on Wolfgar, of course, as of course. the characters got or grew more complex, we got more of that point of view, especially as the world started to get larger as they left the two rivers. Mm-hmm. I think the increasing amounts of point of view characters, it would be interesting to plot them on a map, are like a graph um the amount of point of view characters would increase probably exponentially as the series goes on maybe not exponentially yeah, towards no, but the end steadily. but there there would be an exponential increase at the start especially in like eye of the world or i'm excuse me i'm talking point of view characters mm-hmm. i think it would have an exponential increase to probably mid-series yeah um and then kind of plateau so what my point there was going to be is with um just having that one character the the plus side is you get a lot of really intense detail on what they're feeling you can feel very engaged with the character on a personal level Mm -hmm. but when they're just kind of bored and not doing shit the reader is bored and not doing shit exactly you can't just cut and say okay we can time skip this point of view Mm -hmm. let's see what someone else is doing that might be interesting in this time and then come back to our other character when yeah. something important is happening, and the reader will accept that time skip. Other perspective I would have wanted in this book. Harold. Yes. Other perspective I would have wanted in this book. Myra. Oh, yeah. But in this giant last battle, when it's like, okay, the lanterns are going to die, and they're going to die. And then the queen that has done such horrible things to Wolfgar comes out with one of the Marassa, and the Marassa gives somebody a sword, and they cut off Harold's head. And that's when that's when the battle goes stupid. <laughs> Chaotic. Chaotic, crazy, angry. But then at the end of the book, they're going to go chase after the people that escaped them. Because the Marassa that gave the sword to kill Harold survived. Oh, and both the queens are enslaved because he took the city of Lanta. That's like the first thing he did in this battle sequence. I suppose that was important to mention. Probably. And then because the armies were out of Lanta. But he, he took the city of Lanta and he enslaved the, the queen that did not make him a sex slave because she offered to be a slave in exchange for her life. And then in this battle, he enslaved the other queen. Hmm. Or no, he gave her to the king. He might have given her to the king. Something. Be- because she was a part of killing Harold. Yeah. So she might actually have the same spell that Talva had on Wolfgar on the king. king i can check go for it <laughs> yeah 
I don't know, but it's it's weird. The queens are enslaved. So Wolfgar was right at the beginning of the book about slavery. Ha ha. Oh, he throws... The guy he's fighting is being taken over by a sister of wisdom at the end. So he's also going superhuman. And he throws a truth stone at him and he explodes. <laughs> That's what you do with magic. You throw something at it and it explodes. And so, so listen... Shame might be giving you the wrong impression here. Mm-hmm. I can't overstate how terrible this book is. Oh, yeah. It is all exactly <laughs> as su- stupid as it is sounding, okay? Mm-hmm. This is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Brecon is the name of the Morassa who ran. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to find... Who am I trying to find the name of? Fucked if I know. You were just like, hey, let me grab this book. Oh, what happens to the other queen? I know. I know. Oh, yeah, because she's surrounded by mercenaries. And he's like, you can just go. And they do. And they just leave her. Um... (laughs) Oh, we find out more about the Most High. They're just guys with weird masks. And we figure out what this world is. The world with weirdly deep lore. So the Most High are the original inhabitants of this world. And eventually just everybody who comes into this world is a wanderer or a descendant of wanderers. But they originally did like the Hunger Games style kind of thing and grouped them into districts. And then eventually there was some sort of cataclysm and they were no longer grouped in districts. There was a breaking of the world, if you will. Yeah. So the Most High are just dudes in masks. That used to control everything and don't control things as much anymore. Indeed, indeed. Okay. Anyways, I don't know. I don't remember what happens to that queen, but I'm pretty sure she's she's enslaved by either Wolfgar or the king, and I don't want to bother fighting it. <laughs> because fair. it is 11.35, and this episode is how long? Hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, there's one spoiler that we won't give you. <laughs> Keep the magic alive. Yay. Okay, but listen, okay, that is literally the entire plot. That's like... <laughs> I feel like there's supposed to be a sequel where they hunted down Harold's killers, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, like... That can't possibly be it. it. It was literally like nothing happened for fucking ever, and then everything happened in ten pages, and it was dumb as shit. It was so dumb. The, the slavery part like, could have been so much shorter. This entire book is only 352 words lo- or pages long. That includes Harriet's forward, and the text is enormous. Yeah. It's just... The spacing gargantuan. Look, I'm, like, really pissed in the end that I read it. Because, no, seriously, it was a bad book. He read it, and he's like, I'm so sorry I got this for you as a Christmas present. Like, the pacing was dumb as shit. The characters were almost unilaterally dumb as shit. The cover makes no sense. Why is why? It's just a black lion's face or something. It has horns. What oh is? god, it's just a fucking demon shit yeah. bird thing. Like, this was... Oh, no one benefits from this book, okay? So it doesn't make... Harriet. It doesn't make the legacy look better. It doesn't hype up the TV show. It's not good from a fan's perspective. It's not good from a non-fan's perspective. Who are you trying to win over? Nobody. Zero. <sighs> I'm so glad we're done this episode. That's legit. I've been trying to retain as much as I can about this book since Christmas time. Yeah, you can forget it all now. You're oh, free. God. My brain can just push it behind me. Yep.
listeners. Don't reminding about any of the details of Warrior of the Altai. I've subjected you to this whole episode. Let's just all move on from our shared trauma. We can pretend it no longer exists, <laughs> even though it's on our bookshelf. Thank you for, for now. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode. We did time podcast. I'm interrupting myself. Coughs. It's time. <coughs> and we hope you tune in again soon. Please let us know any of your thoughts on today's episode on Twitter or Discord at the Weed of Time, and check out our Patreon for cool bonuses like early access to all of our episodes. If you have a second to rate and review our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, remember that the weed weaves as the weed wills. Bye. Give you no pain. Ah, ah, ah.